today we get a chat with our coworker and friend, Amy Ranser, who is a creative strategist at Pinterest. Amy has this unique balance of calm and peacefulness mixed with fire and passion. It's hard to put into words, but so wonderful to be around. As Amy reflected on her career journey, she said several times that the best way to do something is to just start, to get messy, try something new, make mistakes. Her growth mindset combined with her hustle and hard work has unlocked several opportunities for her. It also makes her a wonderful person to work with. She dives into challenging projects and is a great teammate. Please enjoy this episode with the one and only Amy Ranser. Welcome to the Ad Undergrad Podcast. I'm Katie Moy, along with my co-host, Julian Lewis. Wait, stop the music. Katie, do you mind calling me Professor Lewis? But Julian, you're an adjunct professor. All right, fair enough. As practitioners of marketing and advertising, Katie and I wanted to give back to you, undergrads, recent grads, and those early in your careers looking to switch industries. In each episode, we'll highlight the career paths of practitioners and provide you with actionable knowledge to apply early in your journeys. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Ad Undergrad Podcast. We are excited today to have a former colleague of both of ours and still a colleague of mine, Ms. Amy Ranser. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It's so good to see both of you. And Katie, I haven't seen you in so long, so it's good to see your face. I know. It's really nice to have you on and see your face too. And I know most of the podcasters are like, wait, is this a video? It's not a video, but we are on video because we're using Squadcast. Um, (laughs) So just to, to kick things off, we wanted to talk about your path to becoming a creative strategist at Pinterest and really starting from the beginning, you know, like what you studied in school and then how you were able to land your first gig out of school. Yeah. It's been an interesting kind of road, especially ever since I've been at Pinterest as well, and even in San Francisco where I now live. But initially, I went to school in Ohio at a uh, college called Ohio University and studied magazine journalism. I really loved magazines as a kid and was a really voracious reader. I just like loved reading editorials and especially fashion. So really wanted to pursue that and then went to school, learned as much as I could, even started my own fashion magazine in college with a group of friends, which was very cool. And then after graduation, I kind of wanted to figure out what was the next step. And I obviously interned at a few magazines in New York City during my time in college. But when I graduated in 2011, a lot of magazines weren't really hiring editorial writers. So I kind of just had to figure out what was my next step. And one of my next steps was not staying in Ohio. So I got an opportunity to work with Macy's and their executive development program. I don't know if you have guys have heard of those, but basically it's almost like when companies go to a college fair and trying to recruit potential students. So went there and had the opportunity to move to San Francisco and got to kind of really start my professional career in San Francisco. And I've been in a few companies since my time in the Bay Area, not just being in advertising or a creative agency, but also even in like tech PR. So I think for me, the important thing is to kind of be flexible and to pivot when you can. And also really just be 
creative in like your approach to jobs and think about it as like a learning opportunity each way, even if it doesn't feel like a right fit. Always, there's always something to take away, which is my POV. That's great. And you mentioned starting your own magazine in college. I want to learn a little bit about that because that really does speak to being a practitioner before you're you know, at a full-time gig. So do you want to talk a little bit about how that got started and, and what prompted you to start it? Yeah, I think I had a group of friends in college and we really enjoyed fashion, especially fashion magazines, because we were all in the same major and in industry. And so we thought that it could be really fun and just a why not kind of moment to start our own magazine. So a group of maybe four or five of my dear friends and I, we we started a magazine called Thread and kind of did everything very by hand. We did all the photo shoots ourselves. We picked clothing from our own closets to put on models. We even had student models and even worked with a few students to be writers as well. So it was very kind of like all hands on deck, but a really great lesson and probably one of the more meaningful experiences of my college career. Because as much as I like loved being in the classroom, I think for me personally and a lot of other people, they learn by doing and collaborating. And I think that's actually where I've gotten the most value in not only my time in college, but in any career is like doing the work and actually getting my hands dirty. That's great. Yeah. I think that's that's like one of the important lessons that we're starting to gather like towards students is like, if you have a passion and there's something that you want to start to do it, just start doing it. You have time. Like you don't have very many responsibilities other than making sure you complete your degree if you're in a university. And if you're not, you probably don't have that many responsibilities beyond yourself. And so really focusing on like exploring what your passions are, because that could help to land you in that next spot. Yeah. I think the hardest part is starting, right? Like in anything, but it gets so much easier as you go and you, you start to develop a muscle which then builds your confidence and then you feel empowered. So it's this really like interesting cycle. With creative roles, they talk a lot about kind of the right brain and left brain. And I've seen you in your role and you need both, right? You're not just sitting, being creative all day. You do need skills that require analytics and data. And it sounds like from your experiences, even starting out this magazine, you've always been interested in kind of approaching things kind of with, everything, not just looking at the creative side. So what skills were maybe not your natural skill sets? What did you have to learn and and where have you really seen that growth over your career? Yeah, I think for me, that's been the biggest part is identifying your strengths and then also your weaknesses. And I think oftentimes the important thing is to over-index and really like practice and sharpen your strengths, of course. But as you start your career, you might not know what your strengths are. So I think figuring out like the weaknesses is really important. And I think for me, one of mine was just being, again, like analytical. I think because I was so creative driven, I could do visuals and I could tell a story very easily. But when it came to like statistics and numbers and data, or even like finding insights to back up my stories, that was kind of hard. So again, working, reading a ton doing the work really to identify like what I need to know and kind of have like a, at least a foundation to speak eloquently on those things has been really, really helpful. And it's still something I'm continuing to work on, even as I continue on in my career, several years after 
college. And I think one of the pieces of advice that I'll say is like, you don't have to figure everything out. I think everyone is always in such a rush to be the best or to to grow and to to do things. And I think, again, there's a lot of beauty in taking your time and giving yourself some grace and patience to learn. That's great. And so I want to dive into this Macy's opportunity that you had, because it sounds like it was a, a means to be able to get out of Ohio, a means to be able to kind of explore, like what prompted you? Was it simply just getting out of Ohio? And then, and like, how are you able to get into that? And then like, what were you able to immediately take from it? Yeah. I mean, so basically it was a stepping stone to move out of Ohio. Candidly, like Macy's paid for your relocation. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so when I came to San Francisco and started working in the job, it was really interesting because basically what I was acting as is a glorified store manager. And I was like 21 years old working with people who are probably 30 years older than me. And I was kind of acting as their manager, which provided like a lot of valuable lessons in working with others and doing the work. I'll continue to say like doing the work, but oftentimes I think it's so important for you to build trust with your team and build a really nice rapport first and foremost. And then you guys can collectively work together. And so I only stayed at Macy's for like probably five months, four or five months in San Francisco, because I just, I knew it was kind of a dead end or it wasn't getting me to the place where I wanted to go in my career. So I quickly made a decision and said, like, if I want my career to go in this area, I can't stay here. There's no, there's no opportunity for growth. Or if I do stay here, it will take me a long, long time to grow in how I want to grow. How did you start building your network in San Francisco then? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did a lot of LinkedIn stalking, asking for coffee dates or not like actual dates, but just coffee meetings. <laughs> I went to a lot of networking events, especially after I left Macy's. I went to a technology PR firm where it really forced me to go out and put myself out there and introduce myself to people in the PR world who were dealing with different clients or events or whatever it is. And so it it's it takes a long time, right? I think to grow your network, it it, it takes a bit of patience as well and I think, again, just putting yourself out there for the most part, and I would say you guys probably feel the same way, is when you get an inbound request from a person that you don't know or a student, you're always usually willing to answer just because oftentimes you've been that person too. You've put yourself in those shoes and have been reaching out to people. So I always try to like at least talk on the phone or send thoughtful pieces of feedback over email just so I don't leave anyone like empty handed. That's great. And I, I guess when you were outreaching, I'd be curious to know like what worked in terms of how you positioned yourself. And then in the inverse, like what works for you, it seems like you're more open, but like what works for you when you receive something via LinkedIn or email? Yeah. So when I was starting out, I basically, there's like this whole movement of people hating the phrase, pick your brain. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I don't hate it. I actually think it's really interesting. And I'm a curious person by just default. And so I always want to ask someone what they're doing, how they like it. 
And so for me, I think my first entry point was basically just saying like, can I ask you about how you got to your career and really going into LinkedIn or even researching them like crazy and pulling out nuggets of information that I think will be really interesting. And then of course, I think a lot of people were more open to talking about themselves because people love talking about themselves, right? <laughs> so I think that's like when I was trying to network and get started in my career, that's the approach that I took. And then also, similarly, when people are reaching out to me, I've had people just point blank ask me for jobs. And I think that feels like, I'm going to make a parallel to dating. It's like, you don't say that I love you on the first date. So it's kind of like, it was a little too extreme. So I think asking about the culture of a company or do you know anything about a job, like the job sphere or even the department? So I think those are kind of more helpful questions to ask a potential person that you want to reach out to on LinkedIn or email or whatever. And then always like the power of connection. So if you have friends of friends or your alumni network, I think those are also really helpful. That's great. Really practical advice. I like that a lot. I like your analogy. Kind of in the same vein, like if you are in conversation with a recent grad or an undergrad and, and they're telling you about their experience, what are you looking to hear about from them? Maybe there isn't an immediate job opening, but maybe something in the future. What's something that you would like to hear them highlight from their experience that shows kind of their enthusiasm or dedication to, to the role? Yeah, I think them being extremely candid with what they're interested in, what they want to learn, how they want to grow. And I even think being vulnerable to, with, I wouldn't say weaknesses, but areas of opportunity. I never say weaknesses anymore. I just always say areas of opportunity. I think that's like a better reframe. But again, asking them what they want to work on, what they want to progress, and even what they would like to do five years from now, or even like a year three, six, I always find to be an interesting question because then it kind of helps you figure out what motivates them, what drives them. And then I also ask a very weird question of like, what kind of books are you reading? What are you reading right now? Just to understand kind of what their mindset is or what kind of things that they'd like to do in their spare time so I can start to identify ways to motivate them or even help them in their careers or find potential jobs or people that they should talk to. I like that book example because especially someone like yourself who does love to read as much as you do, like you probably have a good idea of the subject of the book and what that means about the individual. And I think it's hard to give advice to somebody who's coming to you who you don't know if you don't know who they are. And so like, that's a way for you to get information without saying like, tell me about yourself. Like it's another unique way of, of doing that. And one of the questions that I like to ask students who come to me and say, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do, or I think I want to do this. I try to go back to like, okay, what class did you enjoy the most? Right. And then they tell me that. And then I'm like, okay, if you did a group project in the class, like what role would you play? And like, did you enjoy that role? And I think like by asking that, Sometimes it's for me to help them, but I think it's also for them to realize that like, oh, I like doing this. Can I do this as a job type thing? And so that's what's kind of helped me to have conversations with students when asking them in that, that way. So I think it's always good to have something unique that you can ask them to, to help them to get to where they need to go to. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm going to probably use that for the future. And I think it's so important too. It's I think I would imagine you might, you both might agree, but 
getting out of college, I was very confused on like who I was as a person. I knew myself, but I didn't really like know myself. And so starting to find like being conscious of like what puts you in that flow state where you do something and then you look at the clock and hours pass. Like those are things to take note of, I think, and be mindful of, and then figure out ways that you can apply them into a job or any career that you might have. I think that's really special. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure that out. So yeah, same. (laughs) Definitely. So what does a creative strategist at Pinterest do? And I noticed on your LinkedIn, you said half creative strategist, half creative director. So are those roles different and how are they different? Yeah. I mean, I've been at Pinterest for five years, which is crazy. That's nuts. It's it's so nuts. I'm like, it's longer than college. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I'd say my job has evolved quite a bit. And so I started off initially as a copywriter, kind of taking from my creative agency days, and then it's evolved into being a creative strategist. And what that is, is basically working with advertisers who advertise on Pinterest and help advise and consult them on creating just really beautiful, actionable content that will hopefully drive their business. So whether that's like bringing awareness or views to a new campaign or a product or actually helping them drive sales or make someone think differently about a product or service. That's kind of what I'm there for. And I advise a lot on strategy, of course, and then also execution of like how to produce content in a nutshell. That's awesome. So I guess if somebody is coming out of college and they see that you're a creative strategist and they hear the description that you just described and they're like, oh, I want to do that. Like, what's the entry-level version of that? Like, what's the first job that they can be looking at when they're looking on Indeed or LinkedIn or whichever job site is willing to pay for this episode? (laughs) (laughs) I know, seriously. (laughs) That is such a good question. And something that I always talk to students about is there's a variety of routes you can take, but I'd say one of the best things that I've ever done in my career was work for a creative advertising agency, especially people who want to become a strategist, a creative, and don't really know the entry points or ways of going about it. I'd say a creative agency is a great stepping stone. It is a boot camp where you are basically like learning so many different parts of the business, not just from a creative angle, but also from a media perspective to an account perspective, how to like actually deal with people and handle clients, which you guys have both done quite a bit. It's it's like a skill. And you're also kind of juggling a variety of different clients as well. So you might not just be on one book of business. You might be working on, say, Pepsi, but also Sonic Drive-In or a variety of other things. So I think you learn to juggle and also allocate time efficiently, which is a huge skill. And then you, you start to like gain a muscle again for the fast-paced nature of, I think, advertising in general, which can help make a lot of good connections elsewhere. And then lastly, what I'll say is that by working at a creative advertising agency, you have a lot of amazing touch points to other companies, right? So whether it's in-house at a brand or with maybe a media company or another creative agency that you're working with, like there's a lot of different parts that you work with and on at an advertising agency. So hopefully that made sense. 
It does. We both started at agencies on the media side, so can relate to a lot of that. Yeah. Most definitely. So one of the things that I also want to make sure that we talk about, so your title on LinkedIn is as a creative strategist, but we also know that you are a local famous, widely famous <laughs> blogger as well. So talk a little bit about the Ohio transplant and why do you have that? Like are you have you have a great job, like you're doing well in your career. Like why do you also have Ohio transplant and like what does it mean to kind of maintain that? Yeah. So it all stemmed from, well, thank you for the kudos, by the way. That's very nice of you. <laughs> it's usually kind of like a side hustle that not many of my colleagues know about at work. So when they do find it, I'm Oops. like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. But it started off when I was working at a tech PR agency. And while it was creative in some ways, it really didn't fuel me and emotionally, I guess. So I really wanted coming off of college and starting a magazine. I loved fashion and really wanted to express myself in a new medium. So that's kind of where the blog started. And I, I just started by doing it. I just started. I had like a crappy website. I was asking friends to take iPhone photos of me and my outfits. And so again, it started off very, very small. And then I've had my blog for around eight years, which is a really long time. And it slowly and slowly evolved and picked up. But I think it's so important to have other passions outside of work. I think I got into this trap of really associating myself with my career and my job, which I think is, it's fine if you do, but I think it's also very dangerous territory because a job is what you do. It's not who you are. And I think it's really important to know that. And especially, you know, one time I got laid off and my whole being, I felt so lost because I kept saying, I was like, I am X, Y, Z. I am this job. When in fact, like I am not any job. I'm so many more things than that. So needless to say, it was a creative outlet and it's really helped me not only just personally in meeting different types of people and working on my writing, but professionally as well. I think it almost is like a portfolio of the last eight years and it's a really good place to direct potential employers. It's a really good place to say, hey, I'm not only just a strategist, but I also am pretty savvy when it comes to my own personal brand as well, which I think gives me more credibility actually at work too. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think oftentimes when people think of side hustle, they think of something that's like so different from what they're doing. But like you're a creative strategist meeting with brands are trying to figure out how they could themselves be creative and you could speak to what you've done for clients at your job, but then you could speak to what you've done individually. And it makes you that just that much more human right out of the gates and allows for you to kind of break down that barrier of, oh, she's only the creative strategist that's coming along with the salesperson. Like now you're human and now you're, you're, you're bringing the value that you would have brought anyway, but they see it in a different way. So I love that. Totally. And oftentimes a lot of the brands that I'm working with for work, sometimes I've worked personally with too. And so it's kind of like an interesting crossover at times. But as a consumer, I know the retail landscape. And I think that helps me be really prepared to speak from a creative perspective when I'm at work and working with them from a strategy standpoint. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the other things that we want to talk about is like 
just how like vocal you are and a leader that you are in terms of like speaking about like women's rights or just like human rights in general. And so I'd love for you to kind of touch on like why you see that as important to use your platform to do that and like how that kind of spans into what you do at work through Ohio Transplant and then as Amy at home as well. Yeah. Over the last several years, I think, especially even over the last several months, it's been more important now than ever to speak up about the injustices that we see every single day and for each of us to be accountable for the future of our country and the future of our world and each other. And so I'm not perfect in the slightest, but I think it is important for me to use the platforms that I have, not only personally, but also at home and at work to share things that I'm passionate about. So whether that is human rights, whether that's women's rights and equal pay and equality, whether that's talking about Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, the LGBTQ community, there's so many different types of things that I think are so important for creators if they have a following to to highlight. And then also it, it like literally just takes one person, right? It's this like beautiful community and it's a web where maybe you share a piece of content and you capture something that maybe someone never thought about. And now they're a little bit more aware of what's going on, right? And so I think it's really important to share, especially, and also follow people that you admire and trust. And then also, I think for me, it's been important to like use my platform for good and then also suss out some of the bullshit that I see too. There's so much more that I can do, of course, and I'm continuing to learn. I'm continuing to be wrong about a lot of things and I'm continuing to like, put in the work by reading and doing and helping to hopefully create a better life for myself and other people. I think I like love this quote too. It's we're all just like trying to walk each other home. Right. And so like trying to do good is all, you know, I think is important. I hadn't heard that quote before. I like it. I didn't either. I like it too. I think it's an important reminder too. Like when we think about students, they're learning in the classroom and and there's important lessons that they also need to keep the lens on outside of the classroom, but apply it to what they're learning in the classroom as well. Totally. I think it's so important. Yeah. Especially in like the media advertising, like landscape, how does a brand that you work with show up in these moments or a brand that you represent show up in these moments and how can you help them to be educated to make sure they, they take a step? You know, and to your point, I love that you say that you've made mistakes because like a step is the the right thing to do to start. But like, even if it's a false step, you can still take another step. So I love that. Yeah, I think we're not going to be perfect. And I think we've seen that quite a bit in some companies that face like extreme backlash and especially a lot of the companies, leaders who have been maybe called out or criticized who have like actually stepped down. So I think change is real and change can happen. And then I'll caveat that by saying like change is really good and is real, but also I think cancel culture is very interesting to think about too. And so I'm not saying that I think people should be held to a standard and what they say, especially if they're in the public eye. But again, the idea of hearing people out, even if your view is different than theirs. And that has been really hard for me as a very staunch, like liberal 
hearing people who have different views than myself, it's sometimes challenging, but it's necessary to create change. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> that's that's deep, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Sort of switching gears. You've talked about finding inspiration through reading and fashion and, and you've created this beautiful personal brand that includes, you know, these deeper conversations. Where are maybe surprising places that you find inspiration for your creativity? I've really been getting into, because I'm on the computer and I, I live in such a digital world, I've been really trying to get offline and do things more with my hands. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I, I feel like I've been really recently getting into painting, which has been a really fun hobby, a messy hobby, but a fun hobby, <laughs> drawing. And really just, again, using my hands. So whether that's those creative things or even just like exercise to me feels like it kind of ex opens up my mind, expands what I thought I could do and pushes myself to explore different parts of who I am and maybe what motivates me. That's like very deep. But yeah, and I, I think one of the biggest things that I'll say with like that is a lot of people just say like they don't want to start or they make excuses. And I think the idea here is just to like have fun. At the end of the day, have fun, enjoy. Like life's too short to have regrets. And so even if you're not great, who cares? That's awesome. Amy, we really appreciate you coming on. And I know before you go, one of the things that I want to make sure that you had a chance to, to talk about is so recently you were helping out the folks at Indoor Recess and so just want to give a plug to them because as, as far as I see it, you know, following them on Instagram, you know, that was started by students. And so I'd love for you to, to kind of speak to the work that they're doing. And so we can kind of highlight them so other students can, can be aware of what they're doing. Yeah. Indoor Recess is such an amazing program that is student run and student led. And I think the fact is they all banded together to fill a void which was happening in terms of like internships in person really getting more experience and so what they're trying to do there is to come together and work together to solve really challenging problems whether it's about different biases or different problems in the world the whole program is about coming up with creative solutions and that's from a creative perspective a design perspective a media perspective or even an account perspective. So if any students are listening to this, definitely check them out. I was a mentor to a group of students and it was really fulfilling to hear their perspective, seeing their really unique and innovative ideas and helping them kind of fill gaps in some of their, their ideas. It was a great way to spend my time. And if you're a student, it'll probably be a great way to spend yours. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. We loved having you on. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much. It was so nice to see you both. I miss seeing you in person, but <laughs> crossing our fingers that we'll see. Yeah, each other. yeah, for sure. Definitely. Thank you again for your ears. We want to incorporate your questions on the podcast. Please email us at hello at adundergrad.com. And don't forget to follow us on all platforms at the ad undergrad. Tune in next time as we capture more paths of industry practitioners.